There is a British chocolate scientist who insured her taste buds for one million pounds. This is Simple Joe for Thursday, October 21st, 2021. Man, I want that job. I want that job. I want to be a chocolate scientist. Who who in the world would have guessed that that is a real career? That's one of those fake careers that you see that you see uh, on on the list of fake careers. A chocolate scientist. That's my goal. That's my dream job right there. Chocolate scientist, and I'm going to insure my my taste buds for one million pounds. Hello, my friend. I'm Simple Joe. I am so glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. I am glad that we are here together and we are here together with none other than the king of Adventure Bay himself, straight from the wild kingdom of Iowa, Daniel Ginger. Hey, man. Hello, everyone. <laughs> oh, it's How shaking, doing, brother. <laughs> Good. How are you doing, Joe? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Thanks for coming on. I invited Daniel on the on the show for a couple different reasons. Number one, he's a really, really, and by really, I mean really smart guy. And he's a loyal listener and uh, he knows a lot about history. He's a former, what a former school teacher, right? Former, yes, former police officer and uh, just a a former guy of everything, right? I've done a lot of things in my life. Yes. (laughs) We're mainly interested, interested in the history side of you, Daniel. we'll, we'll, We'll get to that here in a second but today we're going to hear the weather in newton iowa wonder why huh and uh top 10 events in u.s history at that point daniel will take over the show and uh he and i will will talk about his very own list of the curated by himself criticized by his son and uh we will uh, we'll go through his top 10 events in u.s history and much much more so for my friends in or near newton iowa including daniel himself you're going to see a high today of 54 degrees and a low of 33 cloudy skies Friday. You're going to see a high of 54 and 33, but partly sunny skies and Saturday, more partly sunny skies, 59 and 44. So get through Thursday with the, those clouds and Friday and Saturday is going to be gorgeous. 54. That fall weather's coming. That fall weather is coming, man. I I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm ready. I'm ready for turtlenecks and sweaters and, and, all that good, all that good stuff, right? Well, thank you so much for listening, Newton, Iowa. I certainly appreciate you, Daniel. I appreciate you, and I'm grateful that you are there. Here in Cincinnati, Ohio, we're going to see a high of 69 degrees today and a low of 49. We got some rain coming today, at least in the morning. It looks like Friday more clouds, 59 and 42. Saturday, 62 and 47, with uh, partly sunny skies. So we'll get through Thursday and Friday. Saturday looks to be a really nice weekend. I, well, at least Saturday is not the weekend itself, but the uh, Saturday is Saturday, right? <laughs> 62 and 47. All right. Well, here we go. Today in 1833, and feel free, Daniel, feel free to chime in wherever you want to chime in. Uh, if you feel something smart to say or not so smart or any snide remark, I'm I'm open to it. And 18 <laughs> will do. 1833, Alfred Nobel was born today. Alfred Nobel was the Swedish chemist who invented dynamite and founded the Nobel Peace Prize. Right. 1896, Alfred Nobel was the, he died in 1896, born today in 1833. Manfred Mann was born today in 1940. Daniel, do you know who Manfred Mann is? I actually do not know who that is. Manfred Mann's Earth Band. Uh, he, the song was written by Bruce Springsteen, but he made the song blinded by the light famous. Oh, you know, the song, I know what that song is. Yes, yeah, I blinded do. By the light. Yeah. Yep. Wrapped up like a deuce, another runner in the night. Those are the yep. words blinded. You always the light. get mixed up by people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One of the misunderstood <laughs> words. Yep. He also did a song yep. called the mighty Quinn Manford man's earth band, uh, 1940 Manford man was born. I guess he's still alive. Look at that. Judy, yeah. Judy Scheinlin was born today in 1942. You know who Judy Scheinlin is? Judge Judy, right? Judge the, Judy, yes. Yeah, the cranky, cranky judge that uh, really doesn't follow, follow much jurisprudence from what I've read, but uh, she certainly is popular. I think at one time, she may be now, but at one time, Judy Scheinlin, Judge Judy was the highest paid 
like person, like individual on television. She makes an ungodly amount of money doing that show. Crazy, crazy. Benjamin Netanyahu was born today in 1949. Of course, former Israeli prime minister. Rich Mullins. Not many of you know who Rich Mullins is. I I would would venture to guess most of you don't know who Rich Mullins is, but I put him on the list anyway because uh, he is a Christian contemporary musician who wrote one of the great Christian contemporary worship songs called My God is an Awesome God. Uh, Rich Mullins, he was born today in 1955 and died in 1997. Carrie Fisher was born today in 1956. We know who Carrie Fisher is, right? Princess Leia. Yeah, Princess Leia. Yeah, isn't it tragic that Carrie Fisher and her mother, mm, what's her mom's name? Mm. I know it's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, mine too. Everything's on. Dude, everything's on the tip of my tongue. I, I, I will. People will tell you I'm bad with names. Like, I remember usually. nothing. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'll always remember it. I'll always remember it. Like uh, ten minutes later, after I've after I stopped recording and and I'm moving on. Now, if my wife, the beautiful Karen, were here, Karen were here, she remembers everything right she, away. She doesn't forget. She, I mean, she. Usually, I mean, I catch her every once in a while, but usually she'll, she'll remember everything. And, uh, she's great with dates. I mean, I'll tell a story when I'm telling a story. I like telling overall broad stroke stories and, uh, I'll, I'll just make up a date just to fill it in, you know, two years ago when it actually mm-hmm. happened 10 years ago. Now she goes, no, it was 10 years ago. Now, no, you're breaking my stride, honey. Anyway, back to Carrie Fisher. What's that? Debbie Reynolds. <laughs> Debbie maybe? Reynolds. Yeah. There, there, there. Thank you, man. Debbie Save the day. Come on, swooping in there, saving the day. So Carrie Fisher was born today in 1956, but Debbie Reynolds and her, it was her mother and they died a day apart just a couple years ago in 2016. Um, gosh, I just, that, that's just tragic. I think Carrie Fisher died first and then her mom died the very next day. That's tragic, man. That is, that is, tragic, that is heartbreaking. Yes. Let me ask you, Daniel, you're a star Wars fan. Cause I, I, I know that you're a big Disney world fan, right? Are you yeah. a Star Wars yes, fan? I am. I am Star Wars fan. What do you think about about the um, the digital enhancements that they make now in movies, especially when they did with Carrie Fisher, when they did Carrie Fisher and uh, digitized her face for the for the movies that came out well after she died. That's right. It's incredible technology. It's just amazing that they can do something like that and basically. People can live forever on video now. They can. They, they can. There, there's going to be a day, man. I know there's going to be a day that that we will go see a movie and that will be all digital actors. It'll be all digital actors. I could see that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I, I think that's coming. Maybe 20 years. I don't know, 50 years. But that's we're, there's, there's going to be a time that we see movies where everything is digital, not cartoonish digital. Cause that's already here. You know, I'm talking about it'll right. look real digital. It'll look real. And finally, it'd uh, also be cool because you could bring like people from the past. Like, think really about good that. actors and actresses that have gone a long time ago and you can put them together. Carrie Fisher. And think about this. This would be cool. Star Wars. Wouldn't this be cool, Daniel? Wouldn't this be cool? What if you could, what if you could have a movie that is, that is already done and you plug in your face and your your kids faces or your friends faces as the major as the main characters that would be neat wouldn't that be awesome yes oh man i would love that yep i would love that kind of like it's kind of like those um photos you can get at like disney world and things where you put your face into a famous character's image and then they take a picture so yep dude that technology is already there i mean i i see it all the time on on facebook where they they superimpose a face onto an existing character and it looks real it looks as real as oh it could it could look so that that's already there but re- imagine taking a full feature movie and uh and plugging in and you're able to plug in the face your own your own exactly face. that would be called cool. that would be awesome that would be weird yep and wrapping up the birthdays in 1980, Kim Kardashian was born today. And I'm not going to say anything more about Kim Kardashian other than she exists. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Today, today in 1964, My Fair Lady came out. 
directed by George Cukor. You know what? Here's the funny thing. I've never seen it. Oh, Uh, really? I've never seen My Fair Lady. I'll be honest with you. You've you've probably heard me say this on the show before. I I, I tend to run away from musicals. Yeah. You know? I tend to run away from musicals. Um, ah, Here we go. The musicals, the only musicals I like are, are Grease and uh, Worlds, the, the Greatest Showman with the guy who nope. played, with the black guy who played Wolverine, and I can remember, never remember his name. I never remember Hugh, his name. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman, thank like you. Jackman. And, uh, and also like Hamilton. The, the Hamilton Netflix or one of these Paramount or somebody released Hamilton, uh, the, the play, mm-hmm. and that was good. But I wouldn't consider that a musical because it's not really a movie, right? It's a play. It's mm. it's a production. It's, I wouldn't consider yeah, they it. They're singing it. So. Yeah. I'm the exact opposite. I grew up in music and in theater, and was a an actor in high school and college, and singer. And so I love musicals, all yeah. the oldies and the good and the new ones too. I wish I did because they're on all the time, and my wife loves them, and we could share. Maybe I don't. You know what? I I just need to learn to like them, don't I, Daniel? Yeah, I just need to learn to like them. And then you'll find yourself tapping your foot to them whenever you watch them. (laughs) Today's National Reptile Awareness Day. How about that? National Reptile Awareness Day. I funny story. Go ahead. Funny story. I one of my odd jobs I did is I was a manager of a pet store, so had to handle reptiles all the time. So, did you ever have any mishaps with reptiles? Did you ever have any like crazy weird things? Not really with re- reptiles. I mean, I had a couple of mishaps with hamsters biting my finger and stuff like that. But reptiles, as long as you are gentle with them, they're pretty, they're pretty laid back. So I have a sad kind of reptile story now that I think about it. We, we, um, we caught a, my wife bought, let me get this right. My wolf, wife bought some garland. Yes, of course. My wife bought some garland. You'll see why that name's important in, in just a second. My wife bought some garland at Meyer or Kohl's or some some store. I don't, it doesn't matter. Bought some garland. And in that garland, in the garland, it was real garland. In that garland was a little reptile called an anole. A-N-O-L-E, anole. Yep. A little reptile yep. called an anole. And we kept that that little reptile in this little plastic container. And I read somewhere that reptiles like to be in in the heat and high humidity. All right. We named it Garland, the reptile. Did I say that already? We named the reptile, this yep. little anole Garland. We named it Garland. Because you found it in the Garland. Because we yeah. found it in the Garland. Exactly. And this is going to be a long show. We're, I think we're, we're already 10 minutes in. This will be fun. Uh, so we found the, we found this reptile. We put it in a little, little reptile, plastic reptile thing. And I read that they like heat and humidity. And so in my great wisdom, I decided, well, I'll just stick this thing outside. And it sat outside in the sun though all day long and it died. I cooked huh. this sucker, man. I, I was so, my kids were so mad at me. My wife, I'm, I'm cause we were like, we found this little reptile, man. And mm-hmm. I thought I was doing it a favor by putting it out in the sun and, and right. letting it, letting it get in the humidity, but nope, it died. Womp womp. Yep. Yeah. So. That listen, happens. listen, don't celebrate National Reptile Day by putting them in a plastic container and sitting them outside. That's the moral of the story. National Pumpkin Cheesecake Day. So here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Pumpkins have their own day. We know that. Pumpkins have a National mm-hmm. Pumpkin Day. I'm sure there is. There's a National Cheesecake Day. But like everything else, they all have to have their own days. Now, today's National Pumpkin Cheesecake Day. I don't really think I've ever had pumpkin pumpkin cheesecake, but you could take a yellow, you could take yellow anything and and put graham cracker crust on the bottom of it and call it a cheesecake, and I'd probably eat it, dude. I, I love would cheesecake. Too. My favorite dessert. Yeah, yeah. All my favorite desserts, ice cream, hands ice down. Cream, ice yeah. cream, yeah. Mine is cheesecake. <laughs> I love cheesecake, man. And you go to some of these cheesecake places, um, uh, some of these restaurants that that. I think about cheesecake and I think about these little slivers of cheesecake with a, with a drizzle of strawberry syrup. Some of these cheesecakes are, they're three pounds of cheesecake, man. It takes five people to eat them. Happy yep. National Pumpkin Cheesecake Day. National Get Smart About Credit Day. Well, okay. Well, you get, everybody needs to be smart about credit. The best way to be smart about credit is to stay out of debt, pay cash for most things. And if you are, if you do have a credit card, pay it off as you go. 
there you go. Now you're smart about credit. Yep. <laughs> get to know your, get to know your customers day. If you got customers, you got to know your customers, get to know your customers day. So if you're in retail, if you're in any kind of business, there you go. You need to get to know your customers. And today's the day to start national witch hazel day. I know there there's a thing, a liquid called witch hazel. I know that this thing exists. I used to see it in my grandma's medicine cabinet all the time. I don't know what witch hazel is. I don't know what it does. I don't know what you're supposed to use it for. I know it exists. I know it's there and I know it's used for something. When I think of witch hazel, I think of like home remedy stuff, you know, do you know what, yeah. what is rich witch hazel? Do you know, Daniel? I really couldn't tell you exactly. Nobody I, knows. I'm thinking it's maybe some nobody ointment knows. that you use. I yeah. don't know why it's in a bottle of something. It's in a bottle and it's which labeled witch hazel. Maybe nobody really knows what it is. It has a s strong smell. I think too. <laughs> <laughs> somebody out there, somebody out there, please tell me what is witch hazel used for? And what is, what is witch hazel? Send me a text at 513-399-6468, 513-399-6468. Please tell us what is witch hazel because today is national witch hazel day. I know it exists and I could easily go on Google and look it up, but that's no fun. I want you to tell me what is witch hazel because I know it exists, of course. Well, here we go, Daniel. Here we go. The top right. 10 events in U.S. history as curated by the king of Adventure Bay himself and critiqued by his son, the top oh. 10 events in U.S. history. So here's what I think we do. Let's go down your list. And I've, I've glanced at this list. I mean, literally a half a second glanced at this list. I don't know what's on it. I think I saw one thing on there and I'll leave it. I'll leave it there. But, but I literally glanced on, glanced at this list, saw that it was uh, that Daniel hand, hand, had it under control and yep. thought, Okay, well, I'll just let him do his thing, and and uh, I will. Uh, I'll chime in where I think it is necessary. So here are the top ten events in U.S. history. Like I said, by Daniel Ginger and criticized. What's your son's name? Uh, Anthony. Anthony and criticized yep. by his son Anthony. So yep. he's a historian. There's a bit history of history major, or graduated with a history degree and oh, everything. So nice, nice. He's my critic. Nice. Um, now this list it took a while because uh, my pre-list had about 30 to 40 <laughs> events on it and i had to kind of narrow it down and the thing he criticized me about was uh i have like an event could be a it doesn't have a time limit it's just a specific thing that happened that guided america possibly guided the whole world at the time and it could have a lot of different individual things that happened within it but it was just kind of the substance of it and he said no you gotta pick a certain date and most of my events have like kind of a something that started it like a catalyst and it had something that was definitely an ending of it so i mean but there's a lot of dates and a lot of important things that happen within so my top 10 u.s historical event that's kind of guide our history number 10 i have as the great depression the whole great depression the whole thing the whole great that's yeah, that's the the event that started um, in 1929 with the stock the stock market crash and and um, a lot of things happened within that. I mean, you had a whole a president get ousted, another president come in and kind of take over. You kind of show show where big government kind of took control of the country, and he started the New Deal and Franklin Roosevelt, and so a lot of things happened within it, and then it had a definite ending which would, I would say was World War II. World War II brought us out of the Great Depression. So what was the, what was the major catalyst to the Great Depression? I know that's up to some debate, but this is your list, dude. What was the major right. catalyst to the Great Depression? The, the major catalyst was a lot of people were getting into the stock market, and they were speculators, and they were basically getting stocks on credit. It wasn't real money. And, uh, of course, when the stocks dropped, they didn't have, now the banks didn't really have the money for these stocks that they had loaned out for, for people to get stocks. And so the banks crashed along with everything else. So, and that's, that's, so that's kind of the, the, kind of cat is speculation. Everybody was buying because everybody's getting rich. And that it also led to a, a four term president. It did a four term president. The only time we've ever had that in history. And we had a, 
amendment to make sure we never have a four-term president again. Not that he was a bad, a bad president, just we should never have somebody in power that long. So the Great Depression, you think that that was that's number ten, and that that turned that turned um, that turned history. That turned American history uh, a lot. Yeah, a lot. I mean, it, it did it did usher in the more much more federal government programs much more dependency Correct. on the federal government the way we looked Correct. at the way the the way we looked at the federal government changed mm-hmm. the way our the population looked at the federal government changed and yeah we became a lot more dependent on the federal government due a, a lot by the great depression good bad or indifferent we're not going to go there but that certainly is the truth so that's number and 10 also- the great it also depression. brought the president into the living room of everybody with his fireside chat, so which was, was fantastic, huge. man. Yeah. That that was a that was that was beautiful. I don't know if you've ever if you've if you ever did they have those fight that was on radio primarily, right? Yes, um, radio. Did you ever? Because I, I know I've listened to them. Did you mm-hmm. you listen? Because they didn't have podcasts back then. They or else we would have listened to them all at one time. Yeah. But did you ever listen to any of those those fireside oh. chat chats? Yeah. Yep. They they do feel good, man. You yeah. know? He's yeah, he has a soothing voice. He absolutely. Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Okay, yep. so number 10, the Great Depression. And number nine is a little more recent that um most of us have experienced, maybe except for some maybe young kids, is the nine eleven attacks in the start of the Gulf War. Yeah, yeah. Um it kind of changed the route of how we viewed our safety in America because pretty much we thought we were pretty much untouchable here. And it actually hit that we're not, we're vulnerable just like any other place around the world to terrorist attacks. So, so it, piggybacking on that, you know, Colin Powell just died. General Powell, yes. secretary of state, Colin Powell just died. And uh, he, he voiced some opinions about the Iraqi war uh later in his life about some of the regrets that he had about the iraqi war and uh history is always 20 i mean hindsight's always 2020 right and we can go back and argue argue whether or not i don't think we can argue whether or not there were weapons of mass destruction i don't think they were actually there but uh i think that i think that the uh, our our government acted in good faith at the time good men like Mm -hmm. general colin powell and acted in good faith off of information that they thought they had. But let's let's go to the nine let's go to the nine eleven attacks. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> rarely do you see a president have a moment uh, like uh, President Bush had when he's standing on standing on top of the rubble and with that bullhorn in his hand, uh, and somebody uh, somebody shouts, "We love you, President Bush," or something like that, and he says, mm-hmm. uh, "We hear, I hear you," and uh, the people that brought these buildings the whole, down we'll hear from yeah, we'll all the whole we'll, world will hear you yeah we'll hear and from the us people soon. that brought these buildings down will hear from all of us soon yeah yeah that was a beautiful moment at it, uh it's a yes. moment that brought the country together you don't want the country brought together you wish you wish there was something that didn't bring the country together like the 9-11 attacks but I, I, as morbid as this sounds i look back fondly on those days of how everybody felt about america how everybody felt about the United States and how everybody felt about New York. I mean, I remember thinking that somebody saying we are all New Yorkers today. You know, we're all Americans. I remember hearing somebody from France and we're all Americans today. That's a beautiful sentiment. Yeah. We were embraced by the whole world when that happened. Yeah. And, and, and rightfully so what, 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 how did, how did the nine 11 attacks, we know that they happened and, and they are, a uh, certainly a, a major event in my lifetime. Everybody mm-hmm. remembers where they were when the when the buildings were when the twin towers were uh, when the planes ran into the twin towers. Uh, do you know? Do you remember where you were? Uh, yes, I actually was uh, working as a police officer mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, had just dropped my son off at kindergarten and saw the first plane they in the teachers' lounge because my wife was a school nurse. Teachers' lounge they had it on the first plane. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's that's terrible. And then I got my squad car, and then it came over that another plane. And as a police officer, and then when I heard that the Pentagon, and I was kind of freaking out a little bit. I remember exactly. I drove to the police station, loaded up my um, trunk with 
ammunition and everything. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. I didn't know if we were getting attacked or what, but wow. I was meaning I was listening to the radio, you know, ears were glued to the radio, just waiting for, you know, from some instructions from my sheriff's department or anything of if we had to do anything or so. I was, I was getting, I was in, I was in sales at the time. I was in outside sales at the time. And, uh, actually the very same job that I had when I found the, uh, albino ferret, the, if you guys remember that story, the, the, I was heading to, uh, I was getting ready for an appointment and I was running late and I was taking a shower and I was getting dressed. I was getting ready to, to get dressed. And my wife screams from downstairs. You have to come see this. Somebody, a plane hit the building. Uh, hit the twin towers or hit a building or something like that. And that's all I really heard. And I said, yeah, I said, cause there was a story like the week before, two weeks before uh, about a plane hitting a building. There was another, like a little prop plane hitting a building. And uh, I, and she goes, no, you have to see this now. So I go, I'm down, I go downstairs. I've got a towel wrapped around me and I see where the first building had been hit by the plane. And mm-hmm. I stood there for two hours with that towel wrapped around me uh, watching this, this horrendous, horrendous thing. And, uh, my daughter's, my daughter, oldest daughter was in school. I remember picking her up and sitting down with her and, and talking, talking about it with her. Yeah. What a day, man. What a day. So where do you, what do you think hinged? Where, where did American, where did America turn? Where, where did our, where the United States turn on nine 11? Very similar to what we talked about with the great depression. Um, we just started to believe that we're not vulnerable. And so there are a lot of things happen with uh, security in America, mm-hmm. you know, air, airplane security, all that stuff kind of, um, skyrocketed. And, um, um, we all knew that we wanted to do something. Um, that's why I think it was so, we were so lenient about letting us go into Iraq and Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody was going to argue that we needed to do something, find the people who, um, plan this and, and uh, eventually, it was it was great news? I guess when uh, when during the Obama um, term, when uh, when uh, Bin Laden finally got captured, and it right. kind of gave a little bit of closure, even though the Gulf War was still continuing, it gave it a little closure. You know, I I was thinking the same thing you did. I, I that was the moment that America realized that citizens of the United States realized that that veil, that facade of security dropped. That facade, that that veil of security dropped and realized we are vulnerable. We are vulnerable because we just lived our lives like we're, we're the United States, we're America. Yep. Nothing can touch us, especially in our within our own borders, right? Right. That's the day that that's the day we became a little more aware of danger as, as a as a as a country as a country. So that's number nine. Nine the nine eleven nine eleven attacks. Uh, number ten, the Great Depression. Number nine. 9-11 attacks, man, I got to temper myself, Daniel, because we could do this. We'll, we could go all night here. So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, well, num- number eight, number eight, another recent one, which not only affected the United States, but affected the whole world is the COVID shutdowns. Mm. I think that was a major event that happened to the whole world that um, disrupted pretty much life for about a year. Well, I mean, it's still dis- disrupting life for some people, but, um, it was a major event, so it destroyed an economy that was pretty healthy. Um, it brought the health system back on where you know, you know it, where the, the government thought they need to give you know mandate different things for our healthcare and stuff like that. It reminded me back in the polio, polio vaccines, it's both polo vaccines and stuff. So, so very very similar to the Great Depression we the COVID shutdowns brought a dependency on the federal government like we've never seen and nope. and i think you know we can talk about whether it's an overreach or not an overreach we can we can discuss that but not right now uh we can discuss whether or not that that the government did too much or did too little or or whatever it might be but i don't think you can deny that uh, it, it became a time that many people who never thought that they would depend on federal aid rightly or wrongly started to depend on federal aid. And I think we're still seeing the repercussions of that now. Uh, I agree. We, you know, the, 
fast tracked medicines. We now know that we can, that, that medicine uh, doesn't have to take 20 years and we can have a discussion and a debate about, about the vaccines and we won't do that here, but a lot, you're right. A lot of attention was given to medicine and the medical community mm-hmm. and, uh, and our own kind of personal way of way of life. A lot of people went to are working from home. Now I work from home myself two or three days a week, uh, which would have never happened had COVID not happened. And we will not go, I won't go back to it. And many people won't, many people have decided that they can work from home. And a big thing, the government's told certain businesses, guess what? You can't open. Sorry. Right. And so, you know, that's a huge thing when you cannot open because you're not deemed essential. Has that so. ever happened in U.S. history before where the government shut down business? I don't know. Not that I can think of. Gosh. That they shut down business. So it, it's funny. I, I get the sense that that each one of these 10 could be a show by themselves. So that's number, oh, yeah. that's number eight, the COVID shutdowns. Number seven is the civil rights kind of oh, um, okay. movement yeah. from 1950s to the 1960s is what I put that. You could even throw in 1920s for women's boats as mm-hmm. part of that too, if you'd like. But there's a lot of things that happened in there. And I'll kind of started my opinion uh, with Brown versus the Board of Education in 1954, kind of the started. And then you know, we got a lot of things like um, Rosa Parks with the bus, the Montgomery bus bo- boycott. And you had the Little Rock Nine that they had to have federal troops to get them in the allow go, go into school. And, and then all the phys- the civil right acts, you know, from 1957 all the way through 65 that basically gave Selma. American citizens the rights that they deserved in the first place. Right. Selma. So, yep. So, yep. Selma. Yep. There's That's a, a movie. is it, uh, there's a couple movies that are good. Uh, I think one of them is with Gene Hackman called oh, yes. Mississippi Burning. Mississippi Burning. Have yes. you seen it? I have. What it's a good. powerful movie, man. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Here's here's what I here's here's my thought about the civil rights movement. Of course, you couldn't have put it more, you couldn't have, you couldn't have put it more clearly, or even you could not have put it better when you said these were the rights that that people that that people should have had all along, all along. Right. And I'm embarrassed that it took this country so long to come that far. You know, yes, it, it, to, to to take that step. I, I just I it blows me away. And I think to myself, and I think we all think to ourselves at some point when we look back at these events of, of history where people are oppressed and uh, people are, are, are not given their due rights, we think to ourselves, man, if I had been back in that day, if I had been back the way it, I, I would have been marching right along with them or I, I wouldn't have, Definitely. I would have never done that, you know, but you know, people, people were different, <laughs> you know? Yep. People thought differently, and if you grew up around that, and you're in, and you didn't have a, a modern progressive, for lack of a better word, mindset, and uh, you were taught that, uh, you were, th- you thought you were doing the right thing by your, by your family, and by your country, by your community, and uh, it's just you, you, you would hope that, that you would be different, right? I agree, but you never know. You hope never you would know. be different, but but you have you to never live in know. somebody else's shoes before you know what will happen. Yeah, yeah, but gosh, I mean, we—it's just—it's just a it, it's it's uh, the best I can do is it's an embarrassment. I mean, uh, it's it it's, it's 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 an embarrassment, but but we we moved through it, and uh, here we are today so that's number seven a better country you're right a better country a a more powerful country country, a more powerful country a a a more uh understanding and and just a better country you're right number seven the civil rights movement number six is the cold war which is probably the longest of all the things it went from 46 to 89 yeah that's crazy i'm gonna join your son on this one (laughs) cold war because it basically started a competition between two world nations 
and spent a lot of money, wasted, as some people might think, a lot of money with the arms race rather than maybe feeding people and stuff like that. And so, and it, 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 you know, it started at the end of World War II with the dropping of the atomic bomb on, on Japan, the two of them, and then kind of went through all the way through until the uh, falling of the Berlin Wall. So, I mean, it's a long hole, but there's a lot of things that happened within it. I mean, you had wars. You had a couple wars that happened in it. You had 13 days where we could have had a nuclear holocaust with with the Cuban Missile Crisis. I mean, we we came to so close to total annihil- annihilation and stuff. So, a lot of things happened. You know what I remember most about the Cold War, other than other than um, nuclear attack drills in school and and those types of things is do you remember the star wars initiative yes from okay. uh, from uh, reagan the star wars initiative was completely made up it was completely fake the there scares. was there, there was no star wars there was a there was no star wars initiative there was no money being spent on it it was completely made up and fake to to force uh the Soviet Union to try to defend and develop weapons against it and for it. And just that's so funny, man, completely. Yeah. This whole star Wars initiative was completely made up. That's what I've read. I hope I'm right. I don't know. Maybe I just embarrassed myself. That's one of the, th- I mean, you'll never know because the government like to hide stuff like that, but that's what I've heard too. Yeah. Yeah. The cold war. Number <laughs> six, number seven is world war two. Okay. Very, yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, that's the number whole five. World's in a total war. Number five, World War Two. Number five. Sorry, yeah. did I say seven? Yep. Number five, World War Two. So, okay. yep. The whole world, you know, in in a war, and we kind of wanted to stay out of it at first, but of course, with every other world war, we kind of get drugged into it after one event, and of course, the event everybody should know would be Pearl Harbor, mm-hmm. brought us into World War Two, and um. And a lot of people don't know there's like there's three different kind of theaters that we had. We had the African theater, we had the theater that when we attacked, when we kind of um, started in Italy, coming from the south, and then of course we had the France theater when we um, uh, for D Day. So, so we had right. three different kind of theaters, and uh, it's and then of course that ended with the atomic bomb, and then of course that kind of started well. At least the the um, Japan part of it and uh, started. So, so here's what I here's here's what I'll say about World War II. It it created an amazing economy, okay, and uh, it created some of the toughest dudes you'll ever meet in your life. The, oh yes, definitely I mean, the, the the men and women that fought in World War II, and uh, very few women were actually on the battlefield, if at all. You know, I'm sure some mm-hmm. got in there, but but uh, these men and we're losing them, man. Uh, we're we're losing uh, the World War II vets, and there's a there's a thing. Uh, I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's a program that you can donate to that will help World War II vets fly to Washington D.C. and see the World War II memorial. I've seen that, yes. Oh, what is that name of that? Mm, I don't remember. <sighs> but but anyway, uh it, it created a uh just some amazing human beings. And you, you talk about somebody that was in battle, uh, uh that that was in battle in World War II, and they will not talk about it. They do oh, not yeah. like to talk about it. Uh have you ever seen have you ever seen Saving Private Ryan? Uh, matter of fact, whenever we talked about World War II, uh, the the first scene, the storming of Normandy, um, of Omaha Beach, I showed that to my class. And I every every year we got to World War II. That's which that's that's how we kind of started the unit. Yeah, I hear that that is that is as realistic as it gets for World War II, and uh. I, you can't even do it justice. I, you, you can't even do it justice talking about World War II because I'm ignorant 
so ignorant on it that anything that I say would, wouldn't, wouldn't do it justice. But I just know there are some tough, tough cats that came out of, that came out of world war two and uh, they deserve all of the respect. All of our, all of our veterans hold a very special place in my heart. And I'll tell you why because I don't care if you went into the military to, I don't care if you went to the military to be a, a computer scientist or to be a computer programmer or to be a cook or to be an infantryman or to be, or, or whatever it is. Ultimately you're agreeing to die for this country. You're agreeing at some level, you have the potential of dying for this country Mm -hmm. and the, 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 the somewhere in the Bible, I don't remember greater love has no man, greater love has no man than one willing to lay down his life for his brother. And wow, I have a great deal of respect for our veterans. And if you want to give to a great charity, wounded warriors, wounded warriors, wounded warriors, give to wounded warriors. That's number five, World War II. Number five was World War II. Number four is a pivotal place for um, United States in the world theater, and it's called the Spanish-American War. Short, but it basically thrust us into a world nation and a, one of the powerhouses in the, United, in the world. So um, put us on the world stage and start us in global affairs and of course, that started with the sink of the main, which is fictitious. It actually was never sunk by Spain. It was a boiler that blew up, mm. and we just kind of used yellow journalism and constructed a war. And um, but a lot of famous people came out. I mean, probably Theodore Roosevelt, the most famous that came out of um, the Spanish-American War, and his idea of progressivism and and kind of the bull moose. I, I would bet you that. I would bet you that the vast majority of Americans, including this one, couldn't tell you squat about the Spanish-American War. Much yep. less, much less having it end up as number four of the of the most important events in U.S. history. So, yep. give us a give us a the thirty second overview of the Spanish-American War and how it started. You just you, you alluded to it just a second ago, but again, how it started what happened, how it ended, and why it was important. Um, how it started is, like I said, there are a lot of uh, problems down in that area. And, uh, and so uh, um, whenever the uh, sinking of the main happened in C- Cuba, um, in Puerto Rico, and um, Spain also had um, um, the Philippines and also Manila, and uh so after that we kind of inst- we kind of wanted to have a i don't know kind of instigated a war because of everything all the there's a lot of bad news coming out there about people being tortured in concentration camps and stuff and the leader was not and i can't think of the leader's name offhand but he was not a good leader he's more like a dictator and so after the main blew up that gave us kind of a reason to attack and they kind of coordinate it because they hit the philippines and and just conquered they destroyed the spanish armada in like one day mm. and took over the philippines and then of course then we uh um invaded um puerto rico and um and the san juan hill and all that good stuff and so um that's where teddy roosevelt he was actually he was in new york at the time i believe in like college or was working for the government I think he, I think he was working for the government at the time, and he enlisted, and started his own crew of the Rough Riders, and um, and head headed to, and then of course San San Juan Hill is the big old battle where he kind of shined and took mm-hmm. over and easily took over. So, um, that's kind of the brief. So that that the big thing history. that came out of the Spanish American War and why you put it ranked it so high as as important events in U.S. history is that it really brought the United States as a world power. World power. Because, yep, because yeah. uh, Spain was a world power, and we pretty much took them down as a world power in one month because Decimated of the Spanish-American them. War. Decimated. Decimated their, yeah. their, their Navy was gone, and then we kind of came up as a world power. And then, of course, eventually when Teddy Roosevelt got in there, he continued it, you know, came up with a great white fleet of um, – 
of warships. And uh, so, and then we basically, now we had acquired all these territories from Spain and it wasn't us just, you know, right here in the Western hemisphere anymore. It we were spread out now, you know, you got the Philippines that's basically over in the Asia area. And, you know, we took that as a territory. We took Guam as a territory. Um, uh, we got per Puerto Rico and the Cuba. We didn't really take over, but we got some interest interest in it. So it was kind of left to the Cuban people, but we got some interest in it. So, so that's number four, the Spanish American War. We're coming into the meat of it, global. man. Yep. We're coming into the meat of this. Number three, number three, brother fighting brother, the Civil War. Yep. You yeah. know, started. Um, I'd say this election of Lincoln is what kicked it off, but that's it, it was brewing for many, many, many years, um, with the South being kind of rural farming industry relying a lot on their labor with tobacco and cotton and the north being a huge um kind of industrial type of industry mm -hmm. um and there had been a lot of fights political fights about what states should be free what states should be not free um be slave states and we had a lot of bloodshed in like kansas and all that stuff leading up to this we had some compromises too and finally, we got a president who the South knew was against slavery. Mm -hmm. And he, when he won in 1860, and it was not even though that he wanted to stop slavery in the South. That's a lot, that's a lot of people are confused there. He just didn't want to continue slavery in any new states, and he wanted to limit slavery as it was at the time. Mm -hmm. Eventually, yes, stop it, but he just wanted to limit it. And of course, the South didn't see it that way, and so they decided to succeed one at a time. I think starting with South Carolina, succeeded first. So there's a couple there's a couple of high points about the, or interesting points to me about about the Civil War. One of my favorite movies, easily in my top five, is the movie Gettysburg. I love that uh, movie. It's it's fantastic, and the following Gods and Generals is is fantastic. But to, to think about the, how each side, you know, cause I, I'm, I'm, I'm in Ohio and mm -hmm. we're clearly the, not clearly the North. I mean, Ohio river was the, was the, uh, the, the gateway to the South, right? Kentucky yep. was kind of gray, you know, kind of yes. not gray, gray. That's not the rock. Actually, not, they not flipped really. quick. They got taken yeah. over quickly. And yeah. 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 But, but, um, but how each side, and this is the way it is, isn't it? With all this, each side fervently thought that they were right. And, yep. and what made the Civil War so bloody and so horrible is the passion behind the fight uh, was, <laughs> was each side thought they were right. So right that, that they lined up to die for it. Correct. And it was it the passion behind the fight is what is what made this war so bloody. There's a, there's a yeah, common, go ahead. Go ahead. There's a I'm commentator. His name is, his name is Shelby foot. He's died now. And he was featured prominently in Ken Burns civil war. Uh, it Ken Burns civil war, uh, documentary. Do you remember that Ken Burns? Uh, no, I'm not sure. Okay. I don't think I ever saw that. Yeah. One. It's a PBS documentary. Great documentary. Oh, the Civil yes, War. I have seen that. Yes. Yeah. Um, fan, fantastic, fantastic documentary. Shelby foot. If you get a chance to listen to, cause Shelby foot foot talks about, about the perspective from the South a lot. And it's just very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. In the pivotal point, the North was actually losing um, all because Lincoln just could not find a general that, basically had enough, enough guts to finish a battle, a fight. Mm -hmm. And we were losing until the South made the wrong decision of taking the fight to the North, Gettysburg. And as soon as that happened, when that flipped, and at the same time on the Mississippi River, uh, Grant and Sherman were taking over Vicksburg because they had a siege. And at about the same time, Vicksburg fell, and the Union defeated the Confederates in Gettysburg. And that was kind of the pivotal point where it switched from the Confederacy winning to 
the union winning. So that was a huge day in America history. Isn't that amazing? If it's indeed true that the, that the union was losing up until that point, and it, it hinged on one one bad decision, the, the, the South had nothing. The South had nothing but fervent passion for their calls. As wrong as it was, fervent passion for their calls. And that's right. what drove them. That's what drove the South. That's why they were winning up to that point. Correct. Yeah. And yeah. right before that, the Emancipation Proclamation was put by Lincoln, and that really was another thing that kind of... Have you seen the movie Lincoln? Uh, yes. Oh, fantastic movie. movie. Daniel Day-Lewis is a phenomenal actor. Amazing actor. See, see Tommy Lee Jones as uh, that senator. Mm-hmm. Um, Douglas? What's that? Is it Douglas? No, it's not Douglas. Uh, is it the, the is it Douglas? The Stephen Thaddeus Douglas? Thaddeus Stevens. Thaddeus oh, Stevens. Thaddeus yeah. Stevens. Okay. Thaddeus Stevens. Uh, he he's great in, in that role, and Thaddeus Stevens is one of those historic characters that you never hear about until you see him in a movie or something like that. And then I just became, I came enthralled by this guy. Very interesting character. Very interesting character. So that's number three, the Civil War. Yes, number three, Civil War. Number two is the creation of the United States Constitution slash Bill of Rights. Yes. Um, after the Revolutionary War was over, we had a country, but the Articles of Confederation were not working because all the powers were with the state. And every time the federal government needed to do something, they had to ask permission. They didn't have a way to tax people to build an army or navy or anything. And so we needed to do something. And uh, if it wasn't for James Madison and and Alexander Hamilton, Ben Franklin, George Washington, you can say a list of other people. Thomas Jefferson. Come together. Thomas Jefferson. My favorite. Well, he wasn't at the. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, But um, they were just going to come. It was kind of disguised that they were just going to kind of tweak the Articles of Confederation. But when they got there and James um, Madison say, uh, let's basically said, let's start again pretty much because articles aren't working a lot of people got mad and left they were not having it they were only given authority to change the articles of confederation so it was a you know some tension there and it took a lot of time a lot of fighting back and forth again because some people liked a strong federal government some people liked a strong state government and um they went back and forth plus the slave issue issue went in I mean, should a slave be counted as a person or not? And, of course, the North didn't want that because they wouldn't get the extra votes to get extra congressmen and senators or, well, two senators. But um, so it was a big thing. And then, of course, at the end, when they're about ready to ratify it or sign it, then somebody thought, well, there's no Bill of Rights. And that was like the, um, the states didn't like that, that there was no Bill of Rights. And so eventually James Madison promised that There'll be a bill of rights. Just, you know, we just, we need to get, get this ratified. And so, so that was a big thing. Um, big guidance to actually having a government that can work because what we had before articles didn't work very well. So what, what are some things that, uh, if you know this off the top of your head, I would appreciate it. Uh, what are some things during that time, they, they, they developing the constitution and the bill of rights that didn't end up in the final papers that were discussed that, that generally people would be surprised that this was almost in the constitution, but didn't quite make the cut. Can you think of anything so like, off the top of your mind? So like the bill of rights, I mean, before the bill of rights went in yeah, there, yeah. Um, the f- just freedoms of religion and speech and of the press, that was a big one. Um, states and they put a little clause in their states rights. That was a big one that wasn't actually in there. Um, so anything that's not, I mean, the constitution was basically just the frame of how a federal government's going to run and it didn't have really individual rights in there. And that's why the, some of the, the smaller states, um, they were very, you know, kind of upset with that. Um, the ones that wanted strong state government. So. Um, so there's a lot of things that they needed to tweak and get in there. And so. Gotcha. And, and of course that the, what we've been asking is what, what, um, 
what was the pivoting event or what what did where did the country turn on that it created the country <laughs> so. yeah i mean a big one was the what's called the whiskey rebellion yeah and um where the farmers were tired and they were like going against the militia and we didn't really have a federal military that could step in um because it like i said before anytime the federal government wanted to do something under articles they had to ask the state first like if they needed a military they had to ask the state to borrow the militia because we didn't have the money to tax the money to collect taxes or form mil uh, the army or the navy and and uh so that's a big pip that was kind of a pivotal point was a whiskey rebellion so the number two event uh, the greatest number the number two greatest event in american history is the constitution of the united states and the bill of rights correct number one here it is number, the number one. one event according to daniel ginger and greatest- sorry kevin curtis allen <laughs> but it is the declaration of our independence from great britain the united kingdoms yes sorry curtis or <laughs> kevin curtis allen <laughs> so um yeah we had had enough. They, England had controlled everything because we were a colony. They didn't look upon us very favorably. Um, we sent a lot of kind of requests to them to change things and because they had high taxes on different things. And, um, and it kind of what sparked that, I would say, the declaration before, before the declaration actually happened would be the Boston Tea Party was kind of the spark of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. When we got tired of their tea, the tax, and we basically, a group of of, um, the Sons of Liberty, I believe that's what they were called, dressed up as, uh, you'd call them Native Americans now, they called them Indians back then, and they stormed these ships and threw the tea overboard. So that kind of sparked it. So So what what surprised me when I I read a little bit about the uh, uh, about that time period and the declaration of independence is not everybody was on board the, the not ever, not everybody in the, in the country for lack of a better term was on board with this. I, I had the, I used to have the sense that, you know, the whole country was, yes, we're, we want our independence. And, and that wasn't the case or there were, there were a lot of people Yep, they were called loyalists. Yeah. They had the loyalists that yeah. believed that we just needed to be, you know, nice to the to the England because they were our mother country. Yeah, that's where we got. I mean, that that's who we sold to. That you know, the merchants mm-hmm. sold their stuff to England, and they felt if if England was not the uh, or primarily to England, um, and of course to the citizens of the country, but th- that that trade was important, right? Yes. Yeah. So they're like, man, my, my livelihood is, is going to be impacted here. How am I going to mm-hmm. feed my kids if, if we go to war with England and we become independent? And you know, who's going to take care of us for all intents and purposes? We're going to take care of ourselves? How does that look? You know, Correct. We don't yeah. know any other life without a king. We don't know a life without a king. So yeah, yeah. The Declaration of Independence, that, 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 that's the solid, that is the event, right? <laughs> yep, that's made us, pretty much made us a country. That is the event. Uh, who's your of course, favorite? we had to finish the Revolutionary War and win it, but sorry, Curtis Allen again. Yeah. I have Curtis Allen, but, <laughs> um, uh, but yep, that would, that would kind of be Yorktown would be the famous victory for that. But. Yeah, I love that whole area, the um, uh, Colonial Williamsburg and Yorktown. Mm-hmm. In that Beautiful. whole area, I just love that whole area. I've, I've probably been to I've probably been to Colonial Williamsburg a dozen times or so, and I just love it. I love it there. I love that that whole that whole period of time. Uh, who's your favorite founding father? Well, that'd be kind of weird. Most people would say George Washington or Theodore Roosevelt. Mine is John Adams. Yes. By the way, John not, Adams, not Theodore Roosevelt, as a founding father. Um, yeah, he can be, yeah, Theodore Roosevelt. Yeah, you would. No. Yeah, you said Theodore Roosevelt as a founding oh, father. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. So the yes, George Washington, uh, but yours is Sam Adams. Uh, not Sam Adams. Excuse John me, John Adams. Adams. Yes, have John you seen Adams. the miniseries John Adams? I love the miniseries. It's great, series, man. John Adams, uh, and he was a true patriot. 
loved America. You know, he did a lot of the background, back uh, behind the scenes type of stuff that doesn't get you a lot of glory. And he was kind of a dry person, so a lot mm-hmm. of people didn't like him. But he believed in the country. Um, so, I think I, I remember a, a conver- the the whole relationship between him and Thomas Jefferson was amazing. Uh, it was well, they were really they were close, yeah. they were estranged, and then they 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 decided to settle their differences, prompted mm-hmm. by John Adams' wife, quite honestly. Yep. Um, and uh, what is her name? Mm, mm, John Adams' wife. John Adams' wife. Come on, dude. Um, I'm buzzer about to go on, off. Right. <laughs> the keep on it, all in Madison, but that's not that's any of course the the uh, but the miniseries John Adams with um, who played John Adams? Oh wow. I can picture him, but I can't. I don't he know played, his name. It's the same yep. guy. He played a he played a orangutan in Planet of the Apes. He yep. uh, he played uh, Paul Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. Yeah, yep. There we go. Paul Giamatti, amazing actor. Uh, yeah, I, I uh, mine's not John Adams. Mine's probably Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson. Mine, mine's probably Thomas Jefferson. I think that Thomas Jefferson was um, had his flaws, of course. Mm-hmm. And had his, uh, but uh, you talk about somebody that thought decades ahead of his time. Oh yes. Uh, and yeah, he's he's um, he's a good one. One of my favorite podcasts is uh, is a podcast called the Thomas Jefferson Hour with Clay Jenkinson. Check it out. Podcast the Thomas Jefferson Hour with Clay. Jenkinson. And a cool fact is um, they uh, when they became friends after they were both done with the presidency of course they used to write a lot of letters mm-hmm. and um and john adams they, he still had a grudge against you know jefferson because he beat him <laughs> out of the presidency mm-hmm. and he always said that i will not die before that sob and of course they both died on the exact same day but theodore roosevelt i keep on saying theodore roosevelt <laughs> thomas jefferson died first and when they went to tell john adams he basically was passing away it's yeah. about that time too so it's kind of cool and they did both did it on the 4th of july isn't that amazing That's i mean amazing i think it was almost was it exactly 50 years it was 25 years okay. i think for that okay and then i think was it james madison i'm thinking died on 4th of july like 50 years or something because yeah. he was younger than them too Unbelievable. Thinking, something like that but yeah but it was just so much it's weird that they just Pick that. I mean, they happened to happen that on that day, and they both went about the same time. This was a good list, dude. This was a good list. So Except let's roll through this. <laughs> number ten. What's that? Except for the Cold War. <laughs> the, the, number ten, the Great Depression. Number nine, the nine eleven attacks. Number eight, COVID shutdowns. Number seven, the Civil Rights Movement. Number six, the Cold War. Number five, uh, World War Two. Number four. The Spanish-American War, number three. The Civil War, number two. The Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And number one, the Declaration of Independence. Fantastic yes. list, dude. Fantastic list. I do. I, I want to make a, a just kind of a personal commentary about, about something on this list. Uh-huh. Is I'm unsettled with, our, with the discussion a bit on the civil rights, on the civil mm-hmm. rights movement. And uh, a couple things. I don't know. There's a certain there's a certain uncomfortableness that I have talking about it, and and I think it's an embarrassment, and I think it's, uh, uh, I think it's uh, maybe I don't know, I don't know enough about it. I'm not sure, but but when I was talking about it, I'm thinking, you know, there's you're uncomfortable talking about this, Joe, and I don't know why, uh, I, I I don't know why, and. That's something I need to look at, look into, look introspectively about myself and figure out what, what was that? What was that all about? Good list, man. Good. Thank you. Good list. But you know what? It was fun making. This is, uh, I got to have you back on the show. Whenever we, whenever we talk about history, I'm, I'm definitely going to have you back on the show. This was, this was really good. You don't know this, but, but, uh, Daniel and I have been trying to get together for, uh, for a while to put together a list and, and, and have him on and talk about American history being a former 
uh, history teacher himself. Uh, I thought it would be great to have him on. So I'm glad I'm glad we were finally able to make this happen. Uh, this is coming out today. I know you guys, many of you probably expected the the tough questions segment because it's Thursday, but we're going to do that. Uh, we're going to do that Friday because Friday is usually the day that we do the list. So I want to do the tough, tough, tough segments because we did the list today. We'll do the tough segments, uh, the, excuse me, the tough questions tomorrow. How about that? And at that, let's go ahead and wrap it up right there where we are. Good job, Daniel. This was fantastic. Thank you. This was fantastic. I loved it. I love doing it. And we've, we've been talking, you know that we've been talking probably an hour. So wow. we are, uh, you know, the, the, the shows themselves are usually about 15, between 15 minutes, about 15 minutes or so. So, but this was a good one. We could have made any one of these into, into a show itself. So I'm glad we I'm glad we chatted. Maybe we we will take one or two of these subjects at some time and dig a little deeper. Dig into them, yes. Would you be up for that? Oh, I'd love to dig it in deeper. I actually took a whole class on the Civil War. Yeah. Um, so I could dig in really deep on that one. Yeah. And we rambled a bit, but that's what the show is all about. Uh, the biggest reason I do the show every single day is because I love talking to you. I love talking to you. It means so much that you come every single day to hear me out, to hear hear me give my opinion to talk about things and to practice podcasting. I love it. I can't believe that you come every single day to hear me do this. And I am so grateful for you. I do it every day because I want to become better at this craft of podcasting. I want to become better at this art of podcasting. And the best way that I can do that is to practice every day and to get feedback from you. So if you could give me feedback, I would be so grateful joe at thesimplejoe.com or send me a text at 513-399-6468 that's joe at thesimplejoe.com or send me a text at 513-399-6468 daniel and i exchange tech exchange texts a lot and i'm certainly grateful for that i i love seeing uh, i love seeing those come in it puts gas in my tank lets me know you're there lets me know that uh hey we're we're chatting i love coming here every day to talk to talk to you guys it means so much to me and if you just want to say hi that would be cool. Just say, hi, Joe puts gas in my tank. And if you like listening to the show, will you do me a favor? Will you share it with your friends on social media? Use the hashtag. Simple Joe is my friend. Hashtag simple. Joe is my friend. Well, we're coming into the weekend time to make some good memories with the people who you love and the people who love you because memories are better than stuff. Stay out of the stores. You don't stay out of the garage sales, stay out of all that stuff. You don't need more crap in your house. What you need to do is spend time making memories with the people who love you and the people you love because memories are better than stuff. Daniel, thank you so much for listening, brother. Thank you so much for being here. You're a good guy. You're a good friend. I'm glad I can call you. I can, I'm glad I can call you my pal. I appreciate you guys so much for listening. I love you, but not in a weird way. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Take care.